this PC game from the Jumpstart series, the fourth grade one called Jumpstart Fourth Grade Haunted Island, before it got re redesigned as Sapphire Falls. It, um, that scared the, sh the shit out of me because <laughs> that scared me because um, I was like, oh my gosh, what if they come out of the <laughs> out of the computer? <laughs> so well, I let oh my, my imagination gosh. run wild. Oh, I had a crazy imagination as a kid. One thing that really did terrify me, and it was a Beyond Belief thing, it was what started me on Beyond Belief, was the it was the episode where the Grim Reaper breaks into the guy's house, mm -hmm. um, and it's like, but the bridge was washed out for 20 years, it couldn't have been a trick-or-treater, and then it was like the actual Grim Reaper. It's very silly, because it's obviously like very campy now. Mm -hmm. As a six-year-old, five-year-old, however old I was, like sitting on the living room floor watching it, it terrified mm -hmm. me, and I remember... That Halloween, I, for whatever reason, we had gone into a spirit Halloween, and you know how they have the animatronics? That year it was a Grim Reaper, and I just <laughs> oh, genuinely didn't want to go into the store. I was like, Mom, no, I'm going to stay up here. And she's like, you're yeah. going to be fine. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of The Box Cutter, where we take part in an episode of Disney's Out of the Box to see if it still holds up. My name is Daniel, and this month, guess what holiday it is? It's Halloween. Yes, Halloween, celebrated on October 31st. Where people go out, dress up, go trick-or-treating, get treats, and enjoy them. And my guest today is content creator, 90s horror camp aficionado, and YouTuber, <laughs> Avery. How are you doing, Avery? Hi, thank you for that introduction. That made me sound way cooler than I actually am. <laughs> I think you're really cool, um, in all honesty. Thank you. Just, um... The whole idea of you talking about these shows like Murder, She Wrote, and I think your biggest staple, Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's fun because it's like, back then, that type of stuff was scary, and now that people yeah. expose their children to movies like It, or like The Conjuring, and things like that, um, we yeah. look at that stuff as like child's play. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's so fun especially with things like beyond belief because like um you know we didn't have like social media back in the day when we were kids watching tv so mm -hmm. i didn't know that like everybody in my age group was watching the same things as me and my family mm -hmm. so like when i started doing beyond belief it was like the second video i ever did and i was like nobody's gonna watch this nobody remembers this yeah. show and it's like to this day the most like popular thing one of the most popular things because everybody's like oh my god i watched this too mm -hmm. and it's just like i love i love finding out that we've all had like mutual experiences with media that's just always fun yeah i mean there was a kind of a uh, craze of horror in the 90s. Um, yeah. With Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark and then Beyond Belief. I'm the yeah. revamp of The Twilight Zone done by Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting how that was the craze back then. And I think that's kind of yeah. was the thing for a long while in like the. 2010s, like the late 2010s, early <laughs> 2020s, it's like kind of resurging again, would yeah. you say? Yeah, I'm really glad to see it resurging, because like horror, especially like horror camp, like um, like that's kind of one of my favorite things, and that's why I think the channel kind of has this like Halloween all the time vibe <laughs> by mm -hmm. accident, because um, it's like, I always think about, um, 
I always think about R.L. Stein saying that like there's just like a fine line between uh, comedy and horror, mm-hmm. and I think that's why like things like that horror camp genre is just so fun to me because it's like I don't know. It just it reminds me of being a kid, but it also just is it's just fun. I don't think you ever grow out of that. With regards to going back to Beyond Belief, the one episode I remember the most because it traumatized me so much was the one about the guy who was dating this older woman, this rich older woman, and then he's like um, having an affair with some younger woman, and then they shoot the the old rich lady, and then they try and um, put her in the, like, uh, stuff her in the wall, and then, like, the nail gun, like, pins them to the wall, and then, like, sprays them with, like, the the drywall, so I was like, what? I was like, I I was the biggest scaredy cat as a little kid. That one still lives rent-free in my head, and I haven't covered it yet. I've covered ten episodes, and sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm, like, picking a new episode, I'll look past that one and be like, not yet. I'll save that one. I and mean, I it's, it's, it's me freaking scary, because it. it's like, um, as a look, I was like, oh, shit, that's, that, can that really happen? Because, you know, fact or fiction, when you're, like, five, four years old, you don't know what those words mean. So. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what the trend is about people trying to put other people in walls, but spoiler alert, that also happened in the murder she wrote that we just talked about. I'm like, why is this a thing? This is terrifying. Because a cask of Amontillado popularized that hundreds of years ago. Fair. Fair. So (laughs) It'll never not be creepy, though. But my question, what is so enticing about the the genre for for you? Um. I don't know. When I started the channel, if you had told me that horror was going to be kind of like a running theme with me, I probably wouldn't, I probably would have been surprised because I've never really thought about how much I really enjoy horror. Um, Mm -hmm. I've just, I've always liked kind of like the spooky vibes. I'm like one of those people that's like, Halloween is the best time of year. And um, I don't know. I think, I think with especially horror that was made for us as kids, I think that's very interesting the way that horror kids genre horror mix is so interesting to me because it doesn't have to be overly gory and sometimes you get the best like horror stories like Mm -hmm. those like campfire horror stories are sometimes scarier than like the body horror like movies of the 2000s that I'm thinking about you know Mm -hmm. and so with regards to horror um I was thinking about gaming gaming when it yeah. became very popular back in the 90s, at Nintendo 64, PlayStation, again, a lot of people were capitalizing on horror because it was kind of an emerging genre at the time, too, yeah. um, that we have this really interesting little, I guess, spark, uh, uh, like this explosive creative spark um, horror in all yeah. different forms of media. I think a lot of people would say that the 80s was the height of horror because of the whole slasher uh, movement. Yeah. But I feel that it's the 90s that just made the whole genre itself, not just in television and movies, but like in other forms of media, just explode. Because you have Goosebumps, um, which were books. You have um, games on, like, Resident Evil. You have movies like Scream. Like, all sorts of different Medias Tales from the Crypt that yeah. just took it like took the idea at its peak and just made it rise like astronomically. 
Yeah, and it's, yeah, and it's funny, one of the games, and I, you know this probably, I think everybody who knows me knows this, I'm, I'm obsessed with, uh, Nancy Drew, and, like, Nancy mm -hmm. Drew, like, the PC games were the ones, were the one thing that I did really play, and, like, there are some of those games, I'm thinking back to them, I'm like, who those were scary, like, I'm just thinking about, like, late, like, 90s, especially, like, late 90s, like, I don't know, like, kids' horror really took off in the 90s, and I think that's mm -hmm. my favorite kind of horror, so that's that's why I love the 90s. And we also had, like, early in the decade, we had Scream, which kind of, like, poked fun at the whole, like, slasher genre of the 80s, and so, like, mm -hmm. we got to kind of pick apart some of those tropes, and yeah, I think we I think we forget how great the 90s were for horror, for sure. Yeah. But it is funny, too, because, like, horror, like, I think the fun thing about, like, horror games are, like, being scared in an environment where you know, like, rationally that you're safe is that, like, you're scared for a second, but then you're, like, it's funny, right? Especially mm -hmm. if you have, if you can, like, like, watching horror movies with friends is, like, the best thing ever, because mm -hmm. it's funny. Because <laughs> it's, like, it, it the, like, the jump scare gets you, and then, you know, then everybody's, like, laughing, and I think that's really, uh, really cool. It's funny, because you said, uh, as a kid, you were, like, everybody's, like, oh, as a kid, I was, I was scared of this and that, and I'm, like, I think I was a really weird kid, because I was, I was always, like, into creepy stuff as a kid. I was more just, like, adverse to things that, like, made me cry. Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why. I was one of those kids. So, the episode we're talking about today is Trick or Treat, a Halloween yes. episode, which, fun fact, was one of two episodes for almost ten years that was the only source of media for Out of the Box. Every other episode besides this episode and the Happy Holiday episode on VHS were considered lost media for That's 10 years until Disney Plus. Um, or actually, no, I think more than 10 years because when did Disney Plus come out? 2018, 2019? I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, practically 15 years. Um, wow. They were considered lost media See, until they were uploaded onto Disney Plus. So. Wow. That's fascinating to me because another thing about nostalgic media that I love is that, you know, when you get into this, like, lost media, um, you know, uh, community, you realize that there was so much as kids that we completely took for granted that we mm -hmm. just can't find anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh my god, if I could go back in time and tell somebody, like, preserve this, mm -hmm. I would. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a privilege to have these things. Um, yeah. Besides Out of the Box, uh, in the near future, they're going to be uploading Bear in the Big Blue House, which was also yes. um, recorded in the same studio as Out of the Box in Sesame Street. And another show that I really love, PB&J Otter, because it was made by the same creator yes. as Doug. Nice. Well, what would you say is your best costume and your... Your facepalm costume. My facepalm costume and my... Well, my mom was very good at, like, encouraging us to, like, make unique costumes. Mm -hmm. um, but we always usually ended up doing something similar, like, to the, the classics, you know? You know, a little ghost or a little witch or a little whatever. But I did, I always do talk about, uh, the first time I went trick-or-treating was probably when I was, like, seven. Um... And I was the princess, and I, my, my grandma had altered this dress that she had so that it would fit tiny little seven-year-old me, and I had my brother because he was, like, four. Uh, he was the P, so it was princess and the P. <laughs> um, I still have pictures of that, because it's basically just me in the princess costume, uh, and then he's in, like, a big green, like, um, I don't know what the word is, like, basically just a big, like, 
green potato sack type thing that's all like stuffed with and it was just it's just, it was just like really cute when I look back at those pictures I just think they're really cute uh facepalm um I did I did go as um Alex Russo one year and nobody knew who I was and that was so depressing for me because I love Alex Russo Alex Russo for those who don't know was um the main character of Wizards of Waverly Place it's another Disney Channel show yeah. for me my best costume was uh, my mom would make our costumes because we couldn't afford the ones at the catalog or at the store. Um, so she yeah. made my sister Tinkerbell, um, really cute costume. And for me, she made a cat in the hat costume. It was basically like a, a, a onesie that was black <laughs> and she put like the white spot on it. Um, and then she made the hat. She made a, 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 a stovetop hat. Um, with like the red and white Such and all that cool. stuff. My face bomb costume. I think I was in middle school and I wanted to be like I was pretentious. I really liked anime. And so um <laughs> I went through this identity crisis of oh, I'm not Mexican because everybody else I knew was Mexican and they <laughs> treated me horribly. Um so I'd like lie Aww. and be like, "Oh, I'm I'm Asian. I'm Japanese." I mean, don't you see it? <laughs> so um <laughs> So I'd say, um, asked my mom to make me a cloak, and she made it out of this blue um, mesh material, um, which is not the best material to make a cloak out of for a wizard. And then I wore a button-up shirt, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a Japanese wizard." And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was so like, what are you wearing? The more I think about it, because I had like these green cargo shorts on this white Aww. long sleeve button up shirt and then this blue like mesh um cloak on and you're like what are you using so funny so <laughs> I, it was i was living my highest delusion at that point i was in my own delusion <laughs> but, you're um, living your life you know <laughs> yeah but halloween though i think if we think about the holidays, Halloween is the firstborn child, Thanksgiving the middle child, and Christmas is like the la like the baby of the family. The like, baby that gets all the attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people will yeah. like give attention to Halloween, but not as much as Christmas, and hardly anyone, you know, really says, "Oh, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving." So, um, yeah. let's go ahead and talk about the episode then. So, the episode starts with Tony in the clubhouse decorating, moving some baskets around. And then, uh, he asks if we know what the holiday is, which is Halloween. Halloween! <laughs> and then he goes on to explain what Halloween is. Um, you know, people dressing up and having parades and going trick-or-treating. And what a jack-o'-lantern is, um... Which I find interesting because I feel that most people, even before they start to form memories, are already out trick-or-treating as a family. So I just find it interesting that they would kind of put that yeah. in there. Um, but then again, I mean, there are those denominations of religion where even though people see the holiday, like recognize it, they don't celebrate it because yeah. they see it as the devil's holiday. Yeah. 
I, I grew up in a very um, religious part of the country, so a lot of people are like, oh, it's the Harvest Festival. And it's like, that's valid if that's if that's how you want to think about it. But I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, Halloween without scary stuff always just... Because that was... I, I, have, I have memories of, like, that in my house from, like, early in my childhood. Um, which is why I didn't, like, trick-or-treat until I was, like, seven or eight. But, like, looking back, I'm just like, oh, being scared is my favorite part of Halloween. Mm-hmm. But I guess whichever way is best for everybody to celebrate it, as long as you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. So, while he's getting everything ready, Vivian brings in Christopher, Alicia, and Nick, and they sneak up and scare Tony. Um, which is, surprisingly, not the first time that they've done stuff like that, where they sneak up on them <laughs> and then, like, scare them. Tony and Viv should have trust issues at this point. <laughs> they should be having PTSD, World War Two, Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> They're like, these kids, man, <laughs> can't take it anymore. <laughs> so, they then show off their costumes. Nick is a cowboy, and Alicia is a witch, and Christopher is a ghost. And I find it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, the, when I just thought about it, I'm like, I've gone as cowboy like maybe three times as a child, and the more I think about it, it's like, wait, that's not... I wasn't a cowboy. I was just dressing up fancy because I'm Mexican. And that's literally what we wear to parties. We just dress up and look very cowboyish. Like, you know, with our I think that's awesome. And and our, our, like, boots and our pants and our plaid shirt. That's just, like, how we dress to dress up fancy. So, (laughs) I'm like, I wasn't dressing up as a cowboy. (laughs) That's so cute. Oh, my gosh. Um... Yeah, because his costume, it looked, like, we, we talked about this a little bit in my video, but it's like, they, all the costumes look great, but his looks, the, like, the most detail was put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the costumers definitely had the most fun with that one, and mm-hmm. were like, oh, I can put this on here, and I can, he has, like, all the tassels, and, like, it's just so They cute. gave him chaps. They gave yes, him tassels so on the chaps. They studied it with stars. I mean, you could tell they that, really went they, all that, out. He, that they really, like. Nick, if they gave yeah. him the best they costume, and they gave Christopher, a newcomer, the ghost costume, which looks like a rain poncho with silver tooling on but it. But the ghost, I like the ghost costume too, though, because it's just like puffy, and it looks like it would be like comfy to wear. Like it looks like a looks you don't like want a to put popcorn a... bag or like a Hershey kiss. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to put a kid in something that's going to be like uncomfortable or like hard for them to walk around in. So mm-hmm. like. I could definitely see that being, like, a viable costume. With regards to their costume, I noticed that the when you line them up, it, it's an interesting showing that there's some, femi- like, feminine, masculine, and a gender-neutral costume. Yeah, I didn't notice that, but that's, like, that's so, I like that. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, Alicia's, um, kind of looks like it was bought from the store, um... But, I, I like that they added a little bit more, because most of the time, like, the witch costume was just, like, a black, like, dress and a hat. But yeah. hers, like, had, like, these little cute little, like, moon patches and star patches. It was really cute. Um, yeah. And then you have Christopher, which, again, is a silver poncho with some silver tulle. And I think, I mean, out of the three, that's the most practical in terms of, oh, it rains. <laughs> You're already wearing yeah. a poncho. And there you go. Yeah. But I, I also, the more I think about it, they kind of represent 
uh, different ways of making a costume. Like, Nicholas's looks like it was made by somebody. Alicia's looks like it was bought at a store. And Christopher's looks like he made it himself. Yeah, because I was thinking about that, like, when watching the episode, I was like, do you think, like, the kids that have homemade costumes, do you think, like, in the canon of the show, Tony and Viv helps them, or do you think, like, everybody's parents are crafty in this neighborhood? I choose to think that, um, not everyone has the same living situations or economical situations. Um, yeah, for sure. So I'm pretty sure Tony and Vivian charge a flat rate, and, you know, yeah. you get what I'm saying? In, in the canon of the show. Um, we can talk a little bit more about the what my personal opinions on, on the whole canon of the show is <laughs> in a few. I've heard your I've heard your I've heard your canon opinions and I love it because it changes everything. <laughs> yeah. So they then help Tony and Vivienne make costumes. So I like this too because it shows that you don't need something very glossy to make a costume. If you, like, look in your closet, you can pull something together and make a costume yourself. So, Vivian, they make her a bat with blue ears, a blue-eared bat. <laughs> so they get, like, two clothes so pins. Cute. Yeah, and, um, and a brown shawl. And, and I do really love out-of-the-box, um, it, like, reminding kids all the time that, like, you can use your imagination to make anything. Like, their their meeting room is literally a bunch of boxes. Mm -hmm. Like, you gotta, you gotta appreciate it. Yeah. But the whole fragile and, um, the, yes. the little square that showed the broken, like, glass icon. You get what I'm saying? Um, it's so cute. I love the details. And then they make Tony a lion. So they give him, like, work gloves and a yellow vest and, um, they have a mask already made with the lion face on it so it's so cute yeah it, it's really cute um and i really like that tony and vivian really get into it the actors they just like they're not like yeah. there's no i guess detachment when when yeah they... and there's there's no like playing down to kids like they meet them on their level but they don't like talk to the kids on set or the kids that are watching as if they're Dumb. And I like that. Mm -hmm. And so the kids express their excitement to go trick-or-treating that they play pretend how to trick-or-treat. And again, um, I think for the most part, for like, since before we could form memories, like before we could walk, we most people experience what trick-or-treating is. But I appreciate that they reiterate it for people who probably haven't and they're like oh what is trick-or-treating exactly um and just like play it out in, in like um how they say oh tony can you come with us even though they're play pretending um yeah just like the whole details of have an adult ring the doorbell trick say trick-or-treat and then say thank you yeah it's the little details like that the little details that just it it's Showed that they cared more than, um, like, they, they, they put a lot of care without, like, it showing, sur like, surface level, if you got what I'm saying. Yeah, no, they really, like, I feel like the creators and everybody involved with, with Out of the Box, one of the reasons it's so great is because you can tell they really cared about 
the kids that were watching it and the kids that were participating in it, and you could tell that they really cared about, um, you know, children's education or, like, an emotional education, or, um, I don't know if that's the right, uh, phrasing, but you know what I mean? It's very, like, very, like, validating of, like, mm -hmm. kids' feelings and fears and questions that they have, and I just, I think that's really cool. I think people like that are, like, heroes that we don't talk about, or the, the people making, like, good children's content. Mm-hmm. It's music time! So, the first song is Everybody Loves to Trick or Treat. It is informative without being preachy. I don't know. It just seems it's hard to say what kind of genre it is other than yeah. um, Christian VHS budget music. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that just brought back so many memories. <laughs> but um, the song itself, the lyrics were really good saying like, you know, don't walk in the, in the street. Make sure to grab a flashlight. Make sure to walk with, uh, you know, your parents. Yeah. So it, it, I like that it wasn't um, in your face, like, pointing their finger saying, oh, make sure to do this, make sure to do that. They incorporated it into a way that's very, um, like, kids will probably sing along to and remember and, you know, um, yeah. without giving a second thought about it. Well, I like that it was a safety lesson without, like, scaring kids, you mm -hmm. know, because, like, I remember, like, when when we were growing up, it was pretty big to, like, have the whole, like, um, PSAs about, like, razor blades and fruit, and it was just, like, that feels like, I mean, like, you should teach kids to be safe and all that, but, like, some of them, some of the PSAs went a little too graphic. I feel like you don't really need to tell kids all of that, and I feel like Out of the Box was also very good at that mm -hmm. kind of thing, too. So... After that, the kids then tell each other what decoration they love, like the jack-o'-lanterns and the spider webs. Tony and Vivian then show them some decoration that they can make at home. It's arts and crafts time! So, the decoration that the kids make are tissue ghosts, spider webs, and jack-o'-lanterns. Starting with the tissue ghosts, it's really easy and it's really cute. It's mostly just string and tissue, like like nose tissue, not like toilet tissue. Yeah, I genuinely want to make the tissue go. So I'm like, I want to hang those up around my house this year. They're just cute. They kind of remind you of those um, Japanese um, dolls, the paper dolls. You know the ones where like people hang them. Yeah. To make the to yeah, make yeah. the sun come out. Yeah, I love a craft that doesn't have too many like steps involved and mm -hmm. like the little tissue ghosts are literally just like twist it dye it there you go mm -hmm. hang it up somewhere i think that um to make it even easier people could use like the twist ties from bread mm -hmm. um just get because it's like three pieces of tissue paper um then you get a fourth one and crumple it into a ball put it in the center wrap them all around and then you can get like a twist tie and then just like twist it because not all the kids uh, will tie it either tight enough or they won't know how to tie it and i like a craft yeah. that the kids can do for the most part themselves yeah yeah so then they feel creative and they're like i did it mm-hmm um the only other issue too is um decorating it because you have to be really careful with the marker because of how sensitive tissue paper is um barely even poking yeah. it sometimes you tear the paper 
What if you just put googly eyes on it? Like, true. you were big on googly eyes as a kid. True, true, true. True. Or just little sticker dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then next we have the spider web. This was my, like, it's in my top ten arts and crafts that they've done on the show. It's so clever. I did not expect them to, like, be as clever as they were with this craft. So, you, yeah. you get a plate and you get a uh, black piece of paper, get a plate, draw around it with white crayon. Then you uh, design the spider web, like the little rippled or whatever. And then yeah. you get glitter glue, glue over the, the, the spider web ripples. Then you get like a pencil or a popsicle and then you kind of like smear it to make it look like they're connecting. Yeah, that was so cute, and I was like, that's so easy. I've that always, every time so I've tried clever. to do anything spider web, I've always tried to, like, connect it, like, mm -hmm. by hand. That is so yeah, clever. Yeah, that was really cute. And on top of that, it can translate into other, like, types of crafts. Like, you can make a snowflake. You can yeah. make, um, flowers. Like, yeah. different types of things. Um, so it's definitely up there with one of my favorite crafts. Um, and then... The last one was the jack-o'-lantern, which obviously Halloween jack-o'-lantern, hello. Um, and I like that they show that you don't need to carve into them to decorate yeah. them. I remember one year when I was, I think it was in first grade, we, were have, um, we had a pumpkin decoration contest at school. And um, yeah. one person decided to paint their whole pumpkin black the whole thing black and then they added like glitter eyes and a smile and then put pipe cleaners on it and it was a it was a black spider oh that's so cute i love that so they they won um first overall at school that's um, really cute but on the other side being an adult now and then having to help the kid when i used to be an educator um with carving the pumpkins that's it it's it's pumpkins are the most unpredictable vegetable because yep. you can have the tiniest pumpkin and they could be hard of the rock you can have the biggest pumpkin hard of the rock yep <laughs> so yeah and and i, I used the ones oh no i was just gonna say i think it's cute too when you like because I've seen ones where people, like, have a bigger pumpkin and a smaller pumpkin and the smaller pumpkin is the head and then you have, like, a spider. Like, mm -hmm. it's, there's so many cute things you can do without uh, being, without cutting into them, which is safer and easier for the yeah. adults and children alike. But speaking of pumpkins, I just don't understand why people don't, like, cook them after. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. it's yeah. still a vegetable and it's edible. I mean, people just get the... I think people the... think that it's, like rotten people get the seeds like, and then they cook the seeds but what i mean to say is like if you're just gonna paint the pumpkin just peel the the skin off of it and then like prep it to cook yeah pumpkin risotto is like one of my favorite things to do with pumpkin it's <laughs> like know, really savory speaking it's of pumpkin really risotto hell's kitchen that guy who kept yeah. saying there's no pumpkin in my pumpkin risotto um, <laughs> goes over to chef ramsey and Chef Randy is not giving him the time of day. And then, like, he keeps complaining about his pumpkin risotto. And finally, he Chef Randy says, Sure, would you like it diced or whole rammed up your ass? Or something like that. 
the the decorations are very easy and most of the stuff you can find at home um and the kids even being occupied by making decorations can still barely contain their excitement about halloween and the trick-or-treating and all that stuff um i had like really bad social anxiety when i was a kid like um, even though I was friends with people at school, Same. when I saw them outside of school, I would hide because I was like, mm, I don't want to, like, oh. you know, private life. I want, you know, I don't want to see you outside of school because then my parents give me, like, you know, are like, isn't that your friend in school? I don't like, I don't like to be put on the spot like that. I feel that because I was also like a very shy kid and I was very, very quiet. And so, like, it's funny because it's like social anxiety. I feel like it's got it gets better with age, but it's like as a child, I was very very shy and it's just kind of funny to think back to mm -hmm. i i too i too would probably hide if i saw somebody that i knew because <laughs> i was like oh no so yeah so trick-or-treating um just going door to door was like basically ordering a pizza when i was like 12 it was like so <laughs> stress inducing to me because i'm like i don't want to do it and this and that um so yeah. i cannot relate to them for the excitement of halloween <laughs> <laughs> second song is called when will halloween be here and another good song but you can't really describe the the genre per se um yeah but it, it does teach uh the kids about patience and waiting for the holiday um if they did a yeah it also validates their feelings for being impatient which i thought was cute mm-hmm I mean, the only thing I can relate to that was when, 4th of July, uh, I always wanted to set up the firecrackers early before it got dark, <laughs> um, and my parents would, like, have to hide them, or, like, just keep them out in front of me and have me, like, just stare at them. I mean, for me, there isn't really much to say about the music. I'm not really, I don't really study music. I mean, I'm, I've been a dancer, and I've played instruments, like casually yeah. but i don't know anything about tones and musicality and uh outside yeah. of genres and and beats and and the pace of it i don't really know anything about like music so that's like my area yeah i'm the for same way improvement when it comes to talking about episodes of out of the box after they talk about um pumpkins and where to find a pumpkin well obviously a pumpkin patch and then Tony poses the question, what if you found a pumpkin and you couldn't pull it out? It's story time. So the story, which was, I think, the longest story they've ever done. Um, yeah. That segment took like 10 minutes, practically. Um, was yeah. the little, I, I titled it, The Little Witch and the Pumpkin. And I like that. It's an interesting, I guess, subliminally theme about inclusivity in terms of gender roles. Yeah. Because... Yeah, because they tell the little... They tell her that she can't, and then they need her. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so it's about Alicia, the witch, who um, everyone is getting ready for a Halloween party. And every time there's something to do that she is capable of doing it gets passed on to someone else, which, since it's just Alicia and Vivian's the storyteller, is one of the boys. So, um... Yeah. She's just left to do nothing. 
and when everyone else is busy and they need a pumpkin, you know, she's available to do it, but, um, Tony's character, the lion, says, oh no, um, you're not strong enough to do it. <laughs> so, um, you know, so Tony tries to go get the pumpkin, but he can't pull it out, and then, um, one by one, all the other characters go over except for Alicia because they keep disregarding her ability to be useful. Um, and ultimately, by the end of it all, she gets the, helps to get the pumpkin out. Um, and it's just a really... I guess it's an interesting insight into how gender roles were seen back then in the early yeah. 2000s, late 90s, of like, oh no, girls are not strong enough, or they're too fragile, or yeah. it's just easier if a guy does it because we don't overcomplicate things. Yeah. It's one of those things that, like, kids, I feel like a little kid isn't going to fully understand the context, of, and but appreciate it, because, like, kids are told that they're too little and too whatever to do anything, and so mm -hmm. they probably all relate to that story regardless of gender and then you grow up and you're like oh that was really smart mm -hmm. <laughs> that was also about gender roles yeah so that's cool but it but like you said like you mentioned um just how little kids might not feel valid with con their contributions to helping that um yeah. it shows that regardless of how big you are or who you are you know there are chances for you to help and shine yeah. So, I really appreciate that. And what's funny about these parties, <laughs> there's never any food at these parties. Every never, time they ever. do a story, they never have food at these parties. <laughs> no music. I mean, they, somebody probably knew how disgusting uh, food is when it's set out on set for, like, 12 hours. But, yeah, they yeah. should have food. They should have something. But, like, pretend food. Because I know they've done an episode mm -hmm. in season two about someone opening a restaurant and a um, party and um they pretend to eat the food that they made for the for the play um but like whenever they do like cinderella or they do or they do this one or any other uh episode where they do a play about a party it's always them doing jigs with no music and no food <laughs> and it's like <laughs> Wow, these are the most uneventful parties, and if my child ever got invited to it, and this is what I saw at the party, <laughs> I would say, okay, we came, now let's go. Imagine taking your kid to a party with no food, no music. Um, everybody's just dancing, mm -hmm. and that's it. You're just like, okay, bye. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, hi, bye, thank you for the invitation. Can't stay. <laughs> Thank just you for the inclusivity, hi. but I'm good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they finish the story and they're cleaning up and Vivian steps out for a minute and the kids ask where she went. Um, and then Vivian comes back and she brings in their siblings, their actual real life siblings um, in their costume, which is so cute. And this isn't the first and last time that they do this. They In the third season, they do a Mother's Day and a Father's Day episode where they bring in their actual moms and dads um, to, you know, 
either they give them their their Father's Day gifts or they perform a song for Mother's Day. And it's so cute and it's like, it's just, I guess, it humanizes them because it shows that they're not just these people in a microcosm of of a box fort, but they have... Yeah. family like little brothers and little sisters and people can relate to like oh they have a little brother or a little sister like i do so yeah yeah and it was always cute because like i think out of the box did this but whenever kids whenever kid shows in that time would always talk about like different types of family units like uh, one kid would be like oh well, my parents are divorced or like oh i have a single mom or a single dad or whatever i always liked that because it was like you know real-life kids come from all different backgrounds, so I just, I like the inclusivity of just, like, reminding kids that, like, whatever your family situation is, that's, you know, valid. So, Vivian takes all the kids back, um, to the big old bunch of kids, uh, maybe, like, 12, practically, 10, 12, um, and then while she's doing that, Tony is just reminding the kids, oh, make sure to go with the grown up and make sure to only go to houses that are decorated which that piece of advice is a little outdated only because um i mean some people just can't afford decorations but also because yeah um people can kind of just disguise their house um and kind of have ill intentions even though it's decorated to look friendly and inviting um like the yeah um, uh I remember one time, um, and I don't remember for what, I feel like, I can't remember what the situation was, but I remember we were at somebody's, like, Halloween party, and they did, like, a trick-or-treat, like, around the house, so it was, like, every, like, room, Mm. there was somebody there, so it was, like, safe in the confines of, like, the kids are safe in the house, but they're all kind of, like, in a group together, like, going around to, like, Mm -hmm. all the different rooms in the house. Yeah. Which I think is really cute, and That's pretty, that's pretty neat, and, um, have, like, each room be a different thing like one be a, a crime scene and one be yeah, like, yeah yeah like it, it's pretty dang interesting what you can do yeah with just a house oh, yeah. and make it like a trick-or-treat type of setting a haunted house trick-or-treat thing that'd be interesting that would be fun um that would be really fun so yeah so that was trick or treat so uh let's get to our verdict then um the theme of halloween do you feel that the presentation of the theme is still relevant, or do you feel like the way that they presented it is outdated? I think it's still pretty relevant. I think, um, I mean, obviously, like, the things about, like, some of the advice about, like, only go to decorated houses, like, that's outdated, but just, like, in mm-hmm. the spirit of, like, Halloween and what it is, like, yeah, like, I would still, I would have fun making those decorations that they made today, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's pretty, uh, like, that kind of thing, like, the whole, like, the, um, what's the word? The energy behind it is still very much, like, what I think kids latch onto in Halloween, like, the costumes and the candy and all that stuff, even though, of course, we've already established they didn't get candy on the set because they don't have any food Mm -hmm. ever, but, you know. But also, it's good to show that, um, you can also get, give, like, you don't have to have candy to yeah. pass out. If, um, you know, you can make things for people as treats. Yeah. Um, yeah. My opinion, I feel that the theme was... It's still relevant in certain parts of, 
I guess, here in, in the United States. Like, I don't know, out here in California where there are a bajillion laws about things and, like, people are very cautious. I feel yeah. that it's kind of going out outdated a bit. Um, just the whole yeah. going to people's houses and trick-or-treating, like, um, like, my best friend, they don't even decorate their house. Um, I don't dec my mom doesn't decorate her house. So I've never like, decorated my house, come to think not the outside anyway. I decorate the inside, but mm -hmm. like Um, so I'd say it's barely holds up though. Yeah. Um, the the music then I feel that the music is outdated. Yeah, because... I mean, it's not... I think Out of the Box had, had more memorable music in its entire run, but it did mm -hmm. have, like, overall great music, so that's kind of a high bar. Well, since this came out on VHS, it kind of just had that feeling of VHS. Like, the yeah. the, that, yeah, the quality and the presentation of the music. Um, yeah. Just felt like you would pop this in at um, Sunday school for the children around Halloween yeah. time. Yeah. And they would be sitting yeah. crisscross around the carpet, watching the TV. Yeah. The arts and crafts, then, I feel like they hold up. I feel that yeah. they uh, were are definitely a thing that people would probably do now. So, yeah, so I personally feel that the arts and crafts presented in this episode still hold up. What do you think? I think the arts and crafts were, like, really creative. I thought they were really cute. I really like how they always did arts and crafts with things that were really easy, like, really accessible, easy to find around the house. So, like, it never encouraged, like, having to, like, buy anything specific. It was just kind of like, oh, tissue paper and a marker and we can make a little ghost. And it was like, I always, I, I always appreciated that about Out of the Box. And, yeah, so I thought that was good. The story, the story of the Little Witch and the Pumpkin... I feel that it is really well presented um, as a story. I feel yeah. that um, it would keep a kid's attention. There's plenty of um, animation from the from the actors, yeah. and I think overall it's a really great message of saying um, everyone has a chance to shine, and everyone yeah. can contribute to the goal. Yeah, and also all the kid, little kids, like, um, holding on to, to uh, Tony's uh, lion tail, and, mm -hmm. like, all of them, like, pulling together as a team, very adorable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the overall acting in this episode, I'd say it's definitely a little hammed up from other <laughs> episodes. I think it was hammed up because they knew that they probably were going to release this on VHS, or probably because it was a holiday episode, because... When they yeah. were talking about the pumpkins, we have Christopher, like, hamming up his expression, like, but where would you go? When, he was, <laughs> when was Alicia funny. was saying, oh, I would go out and get a pumpkin, and then he's like, but where would you go? Obviously, to a pumpkin <laughs> patch. Um, yeah. And then, um, what else would I say with a little hammy? I'd say, like, the when they were, like, acting out their characters... Like, uh, like the cowboy and the witch and the ghost, they were, like, kind of, like, really playing into, like, ooh, and, like, the cackle of the witch and, and all that stuff. 
So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's cute, a little hammy, but um, yeah. I think overall they, they got the assignment. Um, but yeah. overall then, uh, Trick or Treat still holds up. But the Disney Plus version omits a 10-minute segment that was only present on the Happy Halloween Trick or Treat VHS of Out of the Box. I noticed this trend with Disney Plus a lot. Anything that was, like, even remotely a special feature of any mm -hmm. kind, they leave it out, and I'm like, but why? Because if the one main source that everybody's going to be using is the streaming source, wouldn't you want, like, the most amount of stuff in it? Like, they do this with Beauty and the Beast, too. They cut human again, and I've never not been salty about it. Mm. So this 10-minute segment um, is... It's interestingly shot because it's supposed to emulate, like, the outside on, like, a porch while yeah. they're doing it. Like, they have the wind blowing, and I'm just scratching my head, like, is this really filmed outside, or is this, like, on a set where they make it seem like it's filmed outside? I'd have to watch it again because I swear, like, when I was looking at the set, I was like, okay, that's a set. That's on a that's on the soundstage. They're inside. Then when the then when they do the turnaround on Tony and he walks up, I'm like, no, but that's real. Like, did they shoot Tony mm -hmm. walking up outside and then everything else was inside? Like, I'm just like sitting there, like, what did they do? <laughs> I don't know because when they because uh, when I when we were doing the the viewing on your channel, I was telling mm. you how they filmed the opening. Um, on the weekend in New Jersey at some at some house, so yeah. maybe they could have like went out um, to like New Jersey or something or like upstate New York and then just like shot at somebody's house doing it. But like they could have, yeah. Um, what else is interesting about this segment was like the kind of one-upsmanship that they were going back and forth about it. Like that's great. It felt Vivian. like Tony and Viv were having a fight. Yeah. But <laughs> what about this? Oh, that's yeah. great, Tony. Did you check out this? It was, like, really passive-aggressive. Yeah. Like, oh, it hi, Vivian. Nice scrapbook. Or should I say crap book? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was just, like, Tony and Viv, you know, one of those moments where they kind of have, like, that, like, old married couple energy. It was mm -hmm. one of those rare moments where they were just, like, mine's better than yours. Yeah. So they made, um... What did they make again? Oh, they made um, clothespin bats. They made like the clothespin bats. Baby ghosts, which is if you think about it, it's a little morbid. Yeah, yeah. Don't think about it for too long, but They're, they were cute to look at. <laughs> they could have. We could have called them puffball ghosts instead of baby ghosts. Marshmallow ghosts, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, they made a little witch. With a, a cookie cutter witch, there we go, cookie cutter witch. Um, yeah. But they also made a pumpkin poster. And then, yeah. What was the? Did they make anything else? I feel like there was something else. I'm trying to think. I feel like oh, they made a little uh, a spider on a web. Did they? Like oh, that's like, right. They made a the spider. spider. Yeah. They made a spider, um, a pipe cleaner spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, we talked about the uh, dangers of pipe cleaners. Yes, yeah, the dangers of pipe cleaners. I think it's so funny. Um, I think when people listen, they think I'm over-exaggerating <laughs> when I say, like, the dangers of things. But no, I worked with kids for five years. 
And if there's a way for kids to yeah. hurt themselves, they will find that way to hurt themselves. And you're like, how? How? I I definitely cut myself on pipe cleaners, like, as a kid doing arts and crafts. Because, like, the little thing in the middle is sharper than you expect it to mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. And then they take all the crafts and then they, like, put them all on this cute little Halloween poster. Um, and yeah. then they go out for, you know, to get Halloween candy. Oh, I'll go with you, Vivian. Going on a yeah. little date. <laughs> Their characters went out on a little date. Um, but the lore, getting to the juicy part now, because I said it plenty of times, <laughs> and it's my longest running um, hypothesis, conspiracy theory. Coming soon on video and DVD. If you think about it, out of the box, every season, they always get a new batch of kids. And... Some people yeah. would just be like, oh, they probably, their parents probably, like, they moved away, or they got too old for it, or something like that. Um, no. If we're talking about the lore, get ready for a ride, people. Um, here's my hypothesis and take on the whole situation. How can you make a box fort that is well-furnished? Tony and Vivian are... are Hundreds of year old sorcerers who, just like the Sandersons, like you know how the Sanderson sisters take the life essence of young children to stay young, um, they do the same thing with the neighborhood children that live around the neighborhood. How do they do that? <laughs> they, 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 um, Alicia and Nick, the, the only two children on the show to be part of all three seasons of Out of the Box go out into the neighborhood and see which of the children have the magical ability to manifest what's in their imagination. They're the henchmen. (laughs) Yes, they are the henchmen. They made a plea bargain with Tony and Vivian to spare their lives. (laughs) Um, But in return, they have to go out and find more children and bring them to Tony and Vivian. And so, you know, they trick them into, you know, having fun and being trusting. And by, you know, gaining the trust of the parents. And by the end of the summer or something, they probably, like, trap them in the picture frames. Because one of the lyrics in the in the intro, that pictures come alive. Because they jump into pictures. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> so, they probably trap them in the pictures. <laughs> and then they um, burn those picture frames. <laughs> and, um, in some oh ritualistic way to take their life essence. And that's how I they stay like, young and all powerful. I love it. I feel like if we ever showed R.L. Stein out of the box, he would come away like writing some kind of short story akin to something like this. Yeah, instead of Tony like, and Vivian, it'll be Jimmy and Evelyn. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like one day at Horrorland, where it's just like they go in, but they never come out. Yes. I did always wonder that. Like, my parents would never have let me, like, hang out with, like, random neighbors every afternoon, all afternoon after school. They, they, what's the word? Enchanted them. They yeah. charmed them into, into trusting them. And then once they sacrificed their children, um, they cast a spell on the parents to make it seem like they never had a child. I love this idea. I, I just think that it adds a really interesting little element. Uh, to the whole universe of Out of the Box. Because, I mean, when I was young, I thought Tony and Vivian were, like, kind of dating. 
I always, I always uh, had canon that they were together. Still mm-hmm. to this day, I'm like their characters. Like I, I know in real life they're married to other people. Their characters are married mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. My listeners should go over, and I'll put a link in the description and on the tab thingy of Avery talks about stuff. I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for letting me be here. It's just, I love, no one ever talks, we talked about this when we, you were on my channel. We don't talk about Out of the Box enough. Like, I love that you're talking about Out of the Box, and I love that I got to talk about it with you, so. Well, thank thank you. you so much. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you making time, and I can't wait for uh, your video to come out. Is there any last minute thoughts, anything that you'd like to plug, any upcoming projects? Um... No, you can you can follow me um, at the link below. Um, I cover nostalgic, obscure, otherwise strange content. I'm really just so happy to have been here. I've just had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Make sure to leave a comment if you like what you hear. Go ahead and subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify at the Boxcutter Podcast at gmail.com. Send all feedback and suggestions to the Boxcutter Podcast at gmail.com because it takes a village to raise something beautiful. In the words of Tony and Vivian, so long, farewell, until we meet again.